Thank you for joining the Once Changing the World, which is India's first future tech meets sustainability podcast. And today I'm delighted and honored to have with me Arshana Sharma, who's a scientist at the CERN Laboratory in Geneva, Switzerland, working on instrumentation, especially gaseous detectors. She's the pioneer of simulations and experimentations on wire chambers, resistive plate chambers, and micro pattern gaseous electric. Uh, detectors over the last three decades. She is the founder and leader of CMS GEM collaboration for exploiting one of the most sensitive detectors for trigger and tracking in the CMS experiment at the LHC with highest discovery potential. Sharma pioneered the development of micro patent detectors and she is the co-owner of patent on a family of detectors called THRAC timing and high rate capable devices. Archana also runs an NGO called Life Lab Education and Research Foundation with the objective to create partnerships with educational institutions for the benefit of the underprivileged. She is also the author of the recently launched book India's Science Geniuses which is a super amazing book. It's a collection of India's top leading scientists in the field of uh, uh biology physics and chemistry you are doing some fantastic innovation and i've i've been reading reading the book and i must say it's it's a fantastic book so uh, arshana i really appreciate you uh, appreciate you taking this time and being part of a humble podcast why don't we start with the origin of the universe you know because it's something which i have never been able to get my uh, mind around you know it boggles me you know how could a, a, a particle a sub atomic atomic particle surface out of nowhere and, and create everything that we know of the entire life you know some for someone who's been invested in technology and especially in virtual reality and metaverse if i i can metaphorically relate it to a computer you know because that's the only thing which kind of pops out of nowhere when you put it on it it, it just pops off and then the entire computer comes on and the, the the interactions and the apps and applications uh for someone who's been vested in the space and been in with CERN how would you describe or explain the big bang and how did everything come into existence after that particles colliding good morning edi uh, this is such a pleasure and a privilege to be here with you today it is indeed a matter of pride for us that we as a community from india are participating in trying to answer the question that you have raised which is such a big question because all of science and all of physics cosmology astronomy is actually trying to answer these questions so uh, very humbly uh, you know i don't think that in few minutes i'll be able to answer the question however the whole point is about human curiosity and human curiosity is uh, there from the time human being and people always looked out at the stars and at the galaxies and they wondered from where did we come and obviously some answers we understand some answers we do not understand so uh, particle physics itself is a branch of physics which deals into the fundamental building blocks of the universe and what are the interactions between these fundamental building blocks so uh, you know that we are stuck on the earth we don't fly similarly the moon is stuck to the earth as well and it doesn't fly 
So it means that you know there is a force between us and the gravity. Similarly, the forces between uh, between particles, small particles, nuclear particles uh, like the proton uh, and uh, neutron and uh, electron and so on. These there are different kinds of forces that exist, and these particles have a certain mass which is dictated by their interaction with a star particle that's called the Higgs boson. And here I can digress to say that we can proudly uh, claim that the word boson is an Indian word. It comes from Professor Satyanath Bose who explained how these particles actually behave. So uh, coming back to your point about the origin of the universe, uh, we all know about the one equation that is E is equal to mc squared. And we also know about symmetry in nature because symmetry means that first symmetry is that the energy cannot be created or destroyed. So if and there is energy and if the energy disappears, there has to be mass created. In a very simple way, I would say that mass was created in a kind of a cosmic soup where this was at a very, very high temperature, millions and millions and millions times that of the interior of the sun, when particles started forming from this soup, and soup is also called quark gluon plasma, and scientists are studying about it. When these particles were forming, depending on their interaction with the star particle, the Higgs boson, they acquired mass. And this is exactly what we are trying to study. So why uh, are we here? Why is matter here? Why are the galaxies here? You know, matter and antimatter should have been formed in equal proportions. So why did it not annihilate and disappear? So there's something where symmetry is broken. So we are still looking at these questions and trying to unlock these mysteries. Thank you. Thank you for explaining. And and obviously, I want to get into the Higgs boson, you know, and you, you mentioned that, uh, you know, Professor Bose was, you know, involved in that and and you are the only Indian scientist at CERN, you know, who was involved in the discovery of Higgs boson. So I, I want to get into that. But before we get into that, I mean, you know, talking about particles, you know, and these these four fundamental forces and these interaction of the particles, you know, creating about everything, life itself. Now, this obviously this discovery or, 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 or this continuous discovery of us kind of uh, understanding these particles is happening because of the Large Hadron Collider, the 27-kilometer Large Hadron Collider at CERN, which is underground. And the, the, these particles which you are shooting off and the, the explosion kind of meeting, you, you understand it more. So for, for someone who's a lay, lay person who, who does not understand this, can you kind of explain, first of all, the, the Large Hadron Collider and how is it helping us in the understanding of the world and the universe? Okay, so let's start from your first comment about uh, me being here at CERN. And uh, I know that there is a conception that I am the only Indian working at CERN who has been part of the Higgs boson discovery. So let me do a little correction here. Because yes, indeed, I was the first Indian to be employed by CERN. 
and I have been on the staff of CERN, the only Indian on the staff of CERN working on this project. However, there is a lot of Indians, or more than 200 of them in India, all over the world who have also contributed. So I would not like to be singled out saying, you know, it's it's a bit embarrassing, you know, uh, all my colleagues have participated and collaboration is the key word here. We could not have gotten to discovering the Higgs boson if there was no collaboration. So maybe a little bit of history on that, on the Higgs boson, that in 1964, Professor Higgs postulated that there should be a particle like the Higgs boson, which will give mass to other particles. And why did he say that? Because previously, all, so many particles had been discovered that they could be neatly arranged in a model that's called the standard model. Just like the people of chemistry, you know, you can actually predict new elements once you know the properties of a group or a period, isn't it? So similarly, for the standard model, the particles fitted very well, you know, along with the forces and the force carriers. So the strong, weak, electromagnetic and uh, gravity, these are the four forces. Of course, we have not yet discovered graviton or the force carrier of the gravity, but we have, dis we have been looking at the W and Z particles that are actually responsible for radioactivity that are also responsible for why the sun shines and why we the, we can live because we have the sunlight on the earth. So we it's a very key question, of course. And in 1964, Professor Higgs had postulated that the Higgs was there as um, a mechanism uh, because of this interaction between the particles and the Higgs boson that particles acquired the mass. And in to 2012, the Higgs boson was discovered. So look at the gap between uh, the, the postulatory and the discovery of the Higgs boson. And in between are more than 5,600 scientists, engineers, technologists, students, uh, technicians, and so on. So yes, a collaboration is hugely important. And we need to imagine that unless we uh, collaborate, we would not have actually found the Higgs boson. Yeah, sorry for the digression here. So the Large Hadron Collider is actually the largest experimental apparatus on the planet. Why so? What are we trying to do? We are looking for the Higgs boson. Now imagine to create a Higgs boson, we need a huge amount of energy, isn't it? So that the energy is available for the Higgs to be created. And how can we do that? We can access particles, you know, just as if you have a stone at the end of a string. And if you swing it around, the stone acquires energy. The longer the string, the more the energy in the stone. And the bigger the stone, the more the momentum, right? So now if we take protons, you know, our particles, the heavy particles, and we put them into beam lines, which are in the tunnel of 27 kilometers at in ultra, ultra high vacuum pipes where we can accelerate them with superconducting magnets to the speed of light, nearly to the speed of light. You know, we can't go to the speed of light, of course, but it's 0.9999999 times the speed of light. 
then when we make them collide, they will have the energy to be able to recreate the conditions that existed at the time of the Big Bang. So that's the soup that we are trying to recreate. And then particles will, will flow out from the collisions. And we study the particles using detectors, which are like cameras taking pictures of these collisions a million times a second. So we collect the data. And uh, of course, uh, then we do the analysis and then we find signals that then led to the discovery of the Higgs boson and also to the Nobel Prize for Peter Higgs and uh, Professor Engler uh, in 2010. So yes, LHC in short is a huge apparatus, superconducting magnets, and these magnets allow us to go to the conditions to recreate the Big Bang. How fascinating is that? Because, I mean, today, because of human ingenuity, and engineers and great minds such as yourself i mean we we have created uh, apparatus uh, which can kind of simulate the the uh, the, the big bang or how, how it kind of happened so so why while doing this obviously you said you discovered the higgs boson particle uh, i mean which gives mass to all other particles what are the other learnings that we have uh, 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 gotten to know and recently i mean i believe that for the past three three or four five years the the, the lhc was shut uh, due to some problem and then it's recently been put on then you've, you've recently also found three uh, exotic particles would you like to talk about all of that also maybe shine light on that a little bit yes so first of all uh, there was no problem this was this is called a, a shutdown because we need to do maintenance and we need to do upgrades, right? Just like your car, you know, you need to do maintenance, otherwise it will go, you know, uh, it will stop working. So LHC is a very, very big machine, very complex, like you rightly said, and it needs to be uh, improved as we go along because there is all the question of obsolescence, you know, technologies are running ahead and we need to catch up with that but at the same time, freeze our ideas on what we want to build because it will take us five years to build something. So that's how we have to judge and estimate which technologies are we going to use to actually run and monitor safely the, uh, the Large Hadron Collider. Nevertheless, there are always some, uh, you know, failure here, failure there and so on. And we, of course, have a very redundant system so that when we are running, it actually runs. So for the last three years, uh, LHC was actually being upgraded. The experiments were also being upgraded. And um, that's where my role has been quite, uh, let's say, important for me, of course, and also for the experiment, because we uh, designed a new detector that could be introduced in the CMS experiment. And that really is one of my pride, I, I should say, because I worked on the R&D of this detector in the 90s without realizing that in 22, I would have detector, this huge detector of 144 uh, you know, pieces inside the CMS experiment. Um, what we have known from the LHC operation already is that we have studied the standard model in great detail. We have understood the, the interactions, 
we have understood the decays we have understood the cross sections understood a lot of the physics that goes into understanding the universe in terms of the standard model now of course there is a huge spin off on technology as well i would want to get onto you know i mean what happens i mean what are the applications which comes out of you know the detection of these particles but before that i mean uh, I, obviously i mean i want to talk about this uh, this new detector that you've been part about would you like to shine light on that certainly certainly it's my pride and i can shine light definitely because it's called the gem detector you know so i want to shine light on the gems so yes uh, this is a simple detector in fact it's a capton foil which is copper clad on both sides and it has perforated holes uh, 50 micron in diameter and about 150 micron in pitch so if you were to apply a small voltage across this foil each hole acts as a radiation detector so if we have elaborated on this of course and in fact a lot of technology transfer has also happened to india in building this detector because i i you know um, purposely uh, of course um, wanted to have india participate in a very big way and it is doing so we have many colleagues and institutions participating in the, in the project so before that from the year 2003 to 2008 i was learning on uh, how cms is is working and you know actually working on another detector where uh, which is called the resistive plate chamber and those detectors had been installed on cms if you imagine cms like a huge ship and the collision right in the center of the ship which is very symmetrical on both sides by the way so the previous detectors have been installed everywhere except close to the collision point they are muon detectors they are called muon detectors now i started to think that why is this space empty can we do something and it was left empty because detectors could not withstand the radiation the doses at those those uh, volumes and uh, over the christmas break of uh, 2008 2009 i asked something that this could be a new detector a new possibility for a new detector and then of course i couldn't stop myself from uh, you know thinking about it once i got this idea in my mind and gently gently made small prototypes you know 10 by 10 cm then went to 30 by 30 cm then a meter long and eventually we have covered Uh, with gems uh, about 100 meter squared of active foils which give us uh, an improvement into the performance of the experiment and also an improvement in the probability of catching the higgs as well and other maybe uh, exotic particles you know dark matter and, and and so on so very exciting it took 10 years of course nobody believes first of all when you come with a new idea everybody says ah no this will never work this you know this is a this will take forever and so on then you have to work with the electronics you have to make sure that you know uh, the the physics improvement is enough for us to get the funding and clearly that was uh, a challenge but you know i was so proud that eventually starting from two students and myself we came to nearly 40 institutions over 17 countries 
and all these people together helped uh, with such teamwork into building these detectors into production sites all over the world, including India, you know. So imagine like a factory, like a beef beehive, you know, people working in different places, but then bringing everything to CERN, putting them together. And fortunately, it all fit together as well. Not in the first some many times, many iterations. We built, I think, 15 versions from the prototype in 2012 up to 2017 when we started our uh, production. And we installed in 2019, 2020, because there are two stations, you know, one on the one side, positive side of the of the interaction and one on the negative side. And now with all, you know, anticipation and nervousness as well, we have uh, the detectors trying to take fresh LHC data because LHC, you know, the, the new run has just started on July 5 and the detectors are into CMS reading real data from LHC. Lovely. For first of all, congratulations. You know, I mean, I feel privileged to be having a conversation with you, someone who's been at the forefront of, of you know a, a new detector, the CMS gem. So, congratulations to you and, and the entire team. And, and I believe that uh, I, I think core to you know the the, the foundation to uh, innovation is collaboration you know when we all join together and we break away the the, the shackles of the these uh, what the boundaries of our nations which limits us uh, i think you know if, if we do that there is so much that you know we as a world can achieve rather than you know uh, narrowing it down to you know uh, uh, innovation coming out from a, a, a nation or or an organization now you're mentioning about you know the tech transfer you know obviously you know the, this lhc you know through the learnings you know there are lot of understanding that we take from there and then we build technologies you know technologies that create benefit for the entire world could could you shine light on the, those possibly applications and technologies which uh, has you know really been helping the world well the first uh, thing i want to highlight is the www guess where it came from from the fact that physicists wanted to share data and the protocol http was invented at CERN. So the whole world suddenly became something different, you know, from when I grew up, you know, when we used to write a letter, it will take five, six days to reach somewhere, even in India. And then another, you know, uh, the reply would come back in another week. So the pace of understanding information processing and everything has completely changed. It has also democratized learning. It has democratized education. It has democratized access to information and knowledge and so on. So I think WWW, of course, remains one of the hallmarks of history, if I would were to say, in contribution uh, from basic sciences to tea. You know that uh, when you make a cup of tea at home in a heater, uh, the current that goes through the wires is of the order of few amps, four or five amperes. And still the wire becomes so red that sometimes if you do not have a good wire, it will blow the fuse or it will melt. Now, the energy or the fields that we need to give to accelerate the protons need magnets that should be driven with currents of the order of 20, 22,000 amperes. So it means what are the materials that we are going to use for making these magnets? they need to be superconducting. 
they will operate at minus 271 degree centigrade. So imagine that what, uh, what kind of technologies have been spinning out here because uh, they're magnets. So all the medical applications now, I don't want to list them out, but enormous you know, medical applications because of the superconducting magnets that are researched for projects like the Large Hadron Collider, which is the, a unique project in the world. Um, imagine detectors. We spoke about the gem detector. It is also being used as imaging, medical imaging detector, because with a much lower dose, you are able to get a 3D image of your body and all the structure inside, broken bones, etc. And, and it has been patented and already in use commercially uh, so that, you know, in a hospitals can use with, the, with a much less dose of x-rays. You surely had an x-ray in your life and you, everybody goes out and you're the only one there getting the dose when you get an x-ray done. You've heard about radiation oncology which means that you have a cancer, which is in particularly in places which are vital organs or close to vital organs, like the heart or the lungs or the liver or, you know, the brain and, and this region as well, the neck and all. If you have radiation uh, therapy, you damage a lot of the healthy tissues as well. Now, imagine you were to take a particle like the proton or an ion, and you shoot it in such a way that it deposits energy only on the tumor. So this is a property of particles that of these heavy particles that they do not lose energy on the way, you know, like the photons from the radiation, they do not lose energy on the way, but they deposit energy only at the end point. So you can actually paint in 3D the tumor and kill only the cancer cells. And this is particularly uh, a treatment that is already in use all over the world. There are 102 sites, uh, facilities where this is already operational. And one of my dreams is to bring this to India where we can actually make the accelerator in India. We have all the competences and we have a very uh, advanced industries so this would be a fantastic, let's say, deliverable if we are able to get there. I hope I hope your dream come true and I hope we have an accelerator here in India. Uh, I want to now slightly digress and get into slightly the woo-woo zone, you know, because with physics, especially the quantum physics, you know, it gets so mind-boggling and, and so weird very, very, very quickly. So multiverse, you know. So would you like to kind of explain the multiverse and do they exist beyond the observable universe as in direction wise or are these multiverse they exist in other parallel dim dimensions? Can you maybe shine light on that? Whether there are multiverses out there, you know, whether there is a parallel universe. Now there are many, many theories. And let me start with one fact because science is based on facts and observable facts unless you observe something, and not only me, you have to observe the same thing, only then it becomes science. And that's why we had two big experiments discovering the Higgs boson. And uh, so uh, I would like to say that 
if we put together all the information that we have from cosmology, astronomy, particle physics, measurements, and, and so on, gravity, whatever we have learned from the solar system, if we put everything together, we still know for sure that we do not know 95%. So we have only an understanding of the 5%. Where is this 95% and what is it? Is it matter like we know, me and you, we are made out of protons, neutrons. But is that matter, which we call dark matter and dark energy, is it made out of similar particles or is it something else? Because if it was matter particles, we would have observed it up to now. And we would have seen the effect on the movement of galaxies and on the movement in the solar system and so on, not only the solar system, we are very tiny, you know, we're just a speck uh, in the whole universe. So it means that it opens doors to new theories of multiverses, of uh, dark matter particles, you know, and who knows if we create one dark matter particle in the Large Hadron Collider, you know, this would be a fantastic achievement as well because these are conjectures and we are looking for everything that is in the collisions. We don't want to miss anything because obviously we can't equate E is equal to MC squared if we miss out something. So yes, there are many, many theories and we have our physicists looking very carefully. We have our uh, experimentation, uh, let's say experts, making sure that the net is very tight. You know, we do not miss any information and fingers crossed we might find something a surprise coming up in the future right and i i really hope that you know we we i mean you are there at the forefront at, at you know finding the dark matter dark energy or the graviton that we are all all behind now again stick to that little woo woo zone because you know there was this italian uh, physicist his name is francesco calagro he had written essay in 2000 regarding the lhc experiment work and he mentioned that how through with the experiment it could create uh uh uh, earth destroying black hole and the essay was titled might a, Labor a laboratory experiment destroy planet uh, earth now th there are various conspiracy theories uh, you know, theorists who believe that uh, because of the experiment of shooting these particles at the speed of light and the colliding you know it, it's it's kind of uh, breaking the fabric of reality and and on youtube there's something called as mandela's effect and and, and I, I probed a couple of those videos and and, and i'm i'm not in the camp of the conspiracy theory i'm someone who really looks at science technology and innovation lens, lens which is extremely logical and practical but some of the videos which i saw on on, on the mandela's effect is something which is it's it's kind of like it's boggled my mind like for example uh, uh the the snow white you know there was this uh, the the line in, in the snow snow white uh, where the the queen she stands in front of the mirror she says mirror mirror on the wall who's the prettiest of them all but now it's changed to magic mirror on the wall who's the prettiest of them all then there's this another movie called uh, uh, forest gump uh, where, where tom hanks is sitting on, on this chair and he's talking to a, a nurse and he's opening up uh, a box of chocolate and he says life is what, what like a box of chocolate 
and in the movie right now it's changed to uh, life was like a box of chocolate or something like that so so this mandela effect is a phenomena of false memories shared by multiple people so is something like this happening where because of the experiment the fabric of reality itself is glitching is do you think that's possible or it's like extremely vague i mean uh, if i were to tell you if i were to tell myself forget about anybody else in the year 1980 that there will be a time when we will be speaking like this i'll be able to see somebody you know sitting in india or sitting in uh, new zealand i would i would be thinking and if i were to tell my grandfather that you know we can speak to each other without uh, any cables you know just with the mobile phone that also is a magic in some respect isn't it so there is something magical about about science technology that starts uh, as a uh, let's say a magic or a philosophy or as a thought as a story which is spun out and science fiction is important for this reason and i believe that that is science fiction whatever magic we can call it because that leads scientists to think in that direction you know um there are so many examples which uh, i mean i'm sure that you've encountered them in your life as well where you could not imagine that this is possible i i remember imagining it once that you know if i were to go out to a party and i would already know who's there just because i have a watch on my phone which tells me uh, x is there y is there and z is there you know i i did have this kind of a crazy thought and i thought ha it's not possible you know but then technology is here today it tells me who's around me and who's within 1 km and so on so yes uh, this is very very much important and i believe that any kind of publicity is very good for science because we need funding and uh, people should talk about it people should talk about the possibilities and people should all the sustainable development goals which are so much related to what we do in science and technology right completely fair enough and 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 you rightfully pointed out i think you know arthur c clarke had quoted that you know any tech sufficient advancement in technology is akin to magic and i guess that's what's happening with artificial intelligence artificial general intelligence quantum computing virtual reality we are seeing some crazy innovations now you've written this book india's science geniuses w- w- would you like to share some light on that you know how did that happen how did that go about because it's it's, it's a great tool for any uh, and and the people who have not bought it i'm going to leave the link behind it's a very very exciting book because you kind of discover that there's so much cool things happening in india would you like to talk a little bit about the book absolutely and i love it when you say there's so many cool things happening in india because we do not believe that that's the point we do not believe much in ourselves if i am a middle class uh, you know kid studying in school and i'm going to the university to do my studies and so on uh, i do not believe that you know that there are good things going on in science around me i don't believe so much first of all now my journey while looking at the higgs boson was discovered that led to the nobel prize you know in 2013 i remember i was in iran at that time the 13 i was actually conducting a workshop you know i was myself uh, on the stage giving the giving a lecture on gas detectors which is my forte 
and the Nobel Prize was announced for Peter Higgs and Francois Engler. You know, it was unbelievable moment and also a, a, an awakening of sorts to imagine, you know, in the end, we are all human beings, we are all together and it is so feasible to come together and work on, on with a that leads to answering questions, you know. And that told me that I should also look what's happening in my country, you know. And I uh, started researching on the Nobel Prize prize winning fields to which in which people are working in India. Of course, it started from the Higgs boson, you know, because the CMS experiment is there and all my colleagues in India have participated also in this discovery. And if I can be a bit audacious, that they all deserve a share of the Nobel Prize as well. So let's take that as a theme, because I can tell you that if somebody did not design the detector or if somebody did, did not design the LHC, someone did not do the safety systems, we would not have had the Higgs boson and not the Nobel Prize. So all the 5,000 people have been crucial in getting the 2013 Nobel Prize. So let's dig deeper. We look in India. So I uh, thought of, uh, I contacted 100 scientists, you know, in India. And I am not alone, by the way, because I have a co-author here also, as you see on the book. She is a science journalist and she helped me organize uh, and write the book. Now, before this book, when I contacted these hundred scientists in India, I wrote, I, I was very concerned about the young generation in India. I still am actually, because with a little direction and a little nudge in the right direction, you know, they could be the future Nobel laureates for India. And then again, Nobel can be given only to one person. See, Higgs boson again, Peter for Engler, but 5,000 people participated. And that for me is good enough. It is an acknowledgement of the collaboration. Similarly, if you look at other fields, so what we did together is because I did the physics part and uh, Shweta in the previous book, which is called Nobel Dreams of India. And that book is available free. I will give you the link, of course. And I made it free with the publishers. I insisted that it should be free and I will not accept that if you put any price to it because I want everyone to be able to reach and read the book if they wish to do so. And therefore, when we did that book, uh, I got the idea further that Nobel winning science should be explained. You know, which are the cutting edge questions that are being looked at in physics, in science, in chemistry, biology. Of course, the categorization is very, let's say artificial. You know, everything goes uh, into each other nowadays. You know, much of chemistry in biology and much of biology in chemistry. And physics is of course the mother of all sciences. So, so yes, uh, then we got in touch with these people who, who are actually working on these cutting edge, which is when the India Science Geniuses was born. So uh, it is a bit audacious to write India Science Geniuses because there are many more. And this is just a beginning to awaken the fact that let's own our scientists and let's make them into stars because they are really people who are world-class and we need to give attention to them, you know, also from the public, also from institutions in India, 
there are many many institutions in india which are doing the work you know of course historically we have a few top elite institutions but we do need to bring everyone on board on this conversation so that was our little attempt lovely thank you for doing it because you know through this book i mean i've got to know about those great minds doing it and like you rightfully pointed out in india we have a problem you know we kind of you know put on a pedestal only you know the sports people or or, or the entertainment uh, you know guys it's high time we give the guys who are creating the future because they are the guys who are creating what we use like right from the mic to the computer you mentioned about the world wide web you know and and how cern's been involved in uh, ai and everything that you know radiology image everything you know that's been uh, used i mean developed innovated by the scientists and researchers so yes i i hope that there's this uh, this push by you uh, you know nudges more and more people to look at science and technology and because if we if you look at science technology and innovation and education i think anybody and everybody could create a better future and possibly play a role like you said in you know creating maybe or being part of a nobel prize my last question to you you know because the the, the podcast is called the ones changing the world what is it that you want to do and what is it that you're looking forward for to you know do which could completely change the world well i think uh, what i would like to see conversion of the passion and the fire that lies within the bellies of our middle class students who really want to do they are hungry to learn they want to know they want to find their direction and make actually they want to make a difference and we at least you know we are 1.3 billion people and even if like of them take up science and technology of the student let's say you know our country is already set on a path which is you know really uh, going to become uh, the i think it's a matter of just time where we are going to lead the world in many different ways and science certainly has a very big place in what india's role is in the future so that's my my humble let's say uh, dream and i am trying to do everything possible for that because i with my foundation i'm talking to different teachers students holding workshops for them in in general sharing whatever experience i got you know and i got a chance but i want to serve that chance for everyone thank you thank you arshina really appreciate you taking time being part of the podcast i mean those insights that you shared and the the work that you're doing you know you know right from creating a platform giving a voice for to all of these people and and i think you know we need to democratize education education so far has been you know like the the uh, uh, something which is for those urban dwellers or the privileged lot you know i think you know through the what you're doing you know services like giving everybody through your foundation also you know it, I even the underprivileged a chance because I think you know they are the ones who are more hungrier and and who've got like you know more fire in their belly to you know go beyond and ask a possibly which might look like stupid questions but those questions possibly which could change the world so I I think we should you know not be we shouldn't be afraid of asking stupid questions because I think it always starts from there you know so uh, thank you once again for being part of the podcast wish you the very best for your cms uh, gem uh, detector and i'm sure there is more to be found and more to be created thank you once again for being part of the podcast and to my listeners if you like what you see in here then please press the subscribe button and until next time see you guys bye bye thank you